The Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons, which means he's got no favorites. So once you're in the kingdom, once you're a child of God, he's got no favorites. He will give favor to anybody who asks. But how does God's favor work? And this is what this episode is all about. We're going to tell you a testimony that will show you just that. Stay tuned to find out more about God's favor. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Welcome, everyone, to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We are so excited that you decided to take some time out of your day to join us. Today is a special episode. Today, I'm basically going to let, I leave Elizabeth, I'm going to leave the floor to Elizabeth. She's going to tell you a testimony that's going to blow your socks off. A testimony of just how powerful God's favor is. And we're excited to share it because guess what? Although we were firm believers in God's favor, and although we did experience God's favor at different times in our lives, I don't think we've experienced it every step of the way as much as this particular instance in our lives. And I'll just leave you, Elizabeth, you just go ahead and share with our audience the amazing, we would call it a miracle. But see, in, I don't really like the word miracle. I love enjoying miracles. But I don't like the word miracle because it implies that it's something that is out of the ordinary. And yet, in the kingdom of God, miracles should become the ordinary. If we live it properly, if we live in faith and we really embrace our calling and walk with God every step of the way, miracles should become commonplace and we shouldn't uh, be surprised by them as much. We should appreciate them. We should praise God for them. But they should become more commonplace. And and yet, what happened to our family recently was, in common terms, definitely a miracle. So go ahead, Liz, tell the, tell the audience what happened. Yeah, so um, I'm really glad to be with you guys. Um, for those of you that uh, just started listening to our podcast, you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com and sign up to get our podcast every week. So every week we do a podcast. Um, we also have a Facebook group that you can find um, at uh, thrivingonpurpose.com or on our Facebook page, Thriving Purpose. So be sure to join our Facebook group where we add a lot of value. We're going to be teaching the stepping stones of faith and action in your lives. So we're going to be starting our first session this week. So I just wanted to add that before I begin this podcast so that... Uh, 
I don't forget. <laughs> so this is really um, a story of how favor works, how applied faith works, and in the simplest small things that matter to you, matter to God. And the, the way I'm going to break down the story, obviously I'm going to explain the story um, exactly how it happened, but I want you to be able to see the different steps that were applied, the different things that were applied, because all these lessons that we're teaching, you can apply to your lives as well and, um, and have favor in your life from God. So the first, the first things first is that, uh, about a year ago, my kids really, really wanted a dog. Okay. And, um, my husband used to be a mailman, um, a couple of years back and, uh, he was, you know, he didn't enjoy his job very much. Got to, got a lot of uh, hate from certain breeds of dogs, and so over time he was like, you know, I don't want a dog in this house. I'm starting to not like them, and the kids were sad about that because they really wa wanted a puppy, and I kept telling him, well, you know, it's kind of unfair because of your job that you know you don't like dogs anymore. The kids haven't experienced a good side of having a dog, and we had dogs previously in the past, Sebastian and I, and that, that was a good um, experience. But for many reasons, Sebastian just, you know, had a, a change of heart. And so as our journey had begun, we were learning about faith, how to apply faith in, in action in our lives and see um, God answer our prayers and in the little, in little things. And so we had been talking to our kids about faith and you know, how to pray for things and the right way to pray and this and that. And so the kids said to me one night when Sebastian was gone, um, they told me, they said, well, if God can do anything, why can't we ask God for a dog? And I said, well, for that to happen, nothing's impossible to God, but for, daddy would have to have a change of heart. And I remember the kids, like, you know, the, all kids now go on YouTube and they were on YouTube looking at puppy videos and saying, oh, we really want a dog. And so I said, well, look, I said, what we can do is, you know, I didn't want to undo anything of, you know, because in the seen world, most women would say, well, that's never going to happen. Your husband wants nothing to do with that, right? Um, he, he, so you would say daddy's, you know, really doesn't like dogs anymore because, uh, you know, he almost got bitten a few times and so you would tell your kids that in the normal way right but now because you're in faith and you're teaching your kids about faith and that anything is possible uh, if they ask and they pray about it then that's different that has to change in your lingo so I so I sat down with them we prayed and we asked that God would have that uh, Sebastian would have a change of heart that God would change Sebastian's heart and that we would have a dog and they're the three so, of them. So they ganged up on me, basically. <laughs> so the three of with them. God. So not, not like nothing less, right? Yeah. So that's about a, a year ago, and we kind of honestly we kind of forgot about it over time. I mean, the kids here and there, you know, had had mentioned that they'd like to have a dog, and you know that like that would kind of come up, you know, when we see movies with dogs and stuff. But that prayer, you know, they they kept in their heart. I know they did, but. It's, it was kind of like, well, let's wait and see what's going to happen. So we didn't really talk about it much until until a while later, actually like about two, three months ago, Sebastian and I are discussing and we're talking about, you know, um, in the beginning of March, 
we were saying before this whole COVID-19 uh, thing happened, we started saying, you know what, I think it'd be a good idea if we had a, a, a dog, if we had a puppy, because Jason, our son, who has ADHD, it would learn responsibility, it would help him focus, concentrate, and, you know, not be so uh, wild because, you know, kids have ADHD, have a lot of energy. anxiety and energy and yeah. they have to learn to control their body movements. And so when you have a pet to care, care for or a puppy, you have to be more mindful of that. You have to be more toned down. There's times to play. There's times to be quiet. And, and dogs tend to act as a ground for, for electric kids. They, they, they keep it's like the dynamic with a dog is, especially if you have a high energy kid, uh, it's really a good combination to have a dog. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna become its best friend, and and they're gonna, they're gonna bond, and they're gonna play a lot outside, and it's good things for I think for for a boy or a girl, um, if they have high energy, especially. Exactly, and in the evenings when it's time to tone down. Um, you know, kids generally tone down a little more because the puppy wants to relax, so they're more toned down. So it's different. It, it helps the dynamic uh, of the family. So we had, you know, started talking about it, and Sebastian said, you know what, I think that would be a good idea. And I'm kind of like testing him, obviously, you know, because I'm like, it's a good idea, but he's probably going to tell me no. Who knows, you know? So, and then, so he says, no, you know what, it's a, it's a good idea, and I think that... Uh, I think we should do that. I think we should buy a puppy. And I said, are you sure? Did you fall on your head? And I was actually like really surprised. Like, is how come you decided to, you know? Well, first off, I wasn't working for the, the post office anymore. So I, I, I didn't, at that time, at that point, just handing a parenthesis here, at that point, I hadn't, hadn't been working there anymore. And, and so it was kind of in my, in my past. Um, so. Yeah, that helped you turn the it page. It helped me turn the page because when, when you, Go to work in that environment every single day. You're kind of reminded that of the whole situation. But when you're not there anymore, well, you know, you, you kind of, my phobia kind of uh, became uh, much less. And uh, I, I think I'm healed now. <laughs> it was a situational thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's an, another story for another podcast, how God led Sebastian to make that decision and to leave his job of 18 years and and um and wonderful things are happening because of it so um so to get back to our story so all of a sudden sebastian has a change of heart and i start seeing you know god moving in his heart i was like that that was a drastic change even if it was just in a year because like i say he was so adamant about not and and it was you know a clear no for the longest time and then um so we we find a puppy that we think is perfect for our family's needs um, not too, not too big, not too small. And then, um, I'm cleaning about uh, a couple of days later, I'm cleaning out Marissa's room and we find this big cardboard of, um, a picture of a project that Marissa had done and it was on poodles. And the, it was funny because I did this with her it, when she project, was, the project was about her favorite animal. Yeah. It was about was no Poodles, her favorite animal, thing. her favorite dog. And on that picture, there was a big picture blown up of uh, um, a beige, like a light gold poodle. And that is exactly the dog we had placed a deposit on. And I completely forgot about that. Like, it, it totally blew my mind. And the reason is, Marissa's going to be eight. And when we did that project, she, she was, was five. Was she six? She, no, she was five. She was in kindergarten. 
She had just started kindergarten. I she was in first grade, but anyway. No, she yeah. was in kindergarten. But it had been a, quite a while. She was in Madame Anna's class, I remember. Yeah. And so that was like, whoa, you know, like this, you know, so basically she kept it almost like a vision board and she had been looking at it and she had mentioned it to me afterwards and she said look mommy i like i like my project i kept my project it's still in my you know in my closet and we're cleaning it out and everything and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe that i actually bought this this exact poodle like i just purchased i just put a deposit on that exact poodle yeah so it that was one of those accidental vision boards yeah exactly so it was funny because the kids didn't really have a part in choosing the dog we just chose the breed because we knew it was a smart intelligent dog and we wanted a miniature medium-sized dog and yeah so that was an accidental vision board and speaking of vision boards we did a vision board workshop for believers for christians you can find that on thriving on purpose.com and uh, basically it's a workshop of how to um you know tap into what god's been calling you to do and the vision you have for your life and different components different questions to ask yourself to really create a, a wonderful vision board to accelerate and help you focus on on the the goals and the visions that god has put on your heart so you can go check that out so anyhow so I, I put this deposit on the dog. Two weeks later, this coronavirus thing breaks out. They tell us, we live on an island in Canada, and they tell us we have to um, you know, implement restrictions for people leaving or coming to the island. So I had planned to go get the puppy uh, mid-April because around the 15th of April, he'd be eight weeks. And so now they're telling me at the end of March that... I won't be able to leave the bridge. Mm. I won't be able to leave off my island to go get the puppy, which is uh, about two other provinces further down. And so, what was what was the deposit we had put on it? Was it three hundred dollars? Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, when this whole coronavirus started, we're like, well, we don't know how long this is going to last. It might last a two two three weeks or something, and then we'll be able to go get the puppy. So I tell the breeder, I said. Um, keep the dog until he's 12 weeks old. Um, and if I really can't go and get him by then, mid-May, then you'll have to, before that, find another family, have a, like, have a plan B because I didn't want the poor puppy to not have a home either, right? I didn't want to be selfish. So, And then I stopped myself and we're both talking about it, me and Sebastian. We're like, you know, where is our faith in this? Like, we're talking as if we're going to lose the puppy. We put a, a deposit on it. We're talking about faith regularly. Oh, time out. You forgot to say that at this point, we had, at a, a, around the table at supper time, we had decided on a name for the puppy as well. Yeah, exactly. At that point, that puppy yeah, was, our, had... it was going to be our puppy. And we had seen some pictures online, even some little videos online the breeder yeah. sent us. And we had named our puppy Teddy. Yeah. And the breeder has started using that name with the puppy every day and, yeah. and getting him used to his name. So, um, and I said in a previous podcast, whatever we name, we have authority over. We name our children. I think it was episode 31. We name our businesses. Uh, Adam named Eve yeah. and, and on and so on and so on. And God named man. And when Jesus, uh, when God wanted to give a special assignment to a, a, a man, oftentimes he would rename them. He named uh, Abr Abram, he named him Abraham. And uh, and Jesus named Simon Peter, uh, Peter and, and on and on. So 
whatever we name, we have authority over it. Yeah, so we're, you know, thinking, okay, we've named this puppy, and where is our faith at this point? And I remember talking to Sebastian that night, and I said to him, you know, if we never apply the faith in action that we've been talking about, like we've seen it, we've applied it in cer certain things, but in the kind of way where you're like, okay, this is a impossible situation here, and I need God's favor. And not only for the for us, because it's not only about, you know, getting the puppy, because obviously we could, you know, try to find a puppy at a later date on the island. It was about the whole process that I had brought my kids through, where I had talked to them previously about favor and uh, of faith and saying, you know, first step is you ask God for what you want. And, you know, obviously, if it's according to something that is aligned with what you know is good for him for you then obviously he would grant that because his his word says he would and then you basically thank him for what is done because once you pray for it it is done and you act and you talk in expectancy of that happening so you basically are constantly thanking god appreciating showing gratitude and basically planning for that expectation to arrive for that um, for that uh, thing to manifest itself so what I call digging your ditches so I had taught that to my kids many times and so I didn't want to go back on my word now and say well you know now that the island has decided we can't cross the bridge and we can't do this and we can't do that so basically what we told our kids was look here's the situation the government has decided this. This is what's happening right now. And we're just going to wait and see what God's going to do with this. So we're still expecting of God to do something out of this, right? And so what we do in faith at this point, because now we've prayed, we've asked God, we've been thanking him. Every night the kids have been praying for him that they've been saying, thank you, Lord, for the puppy that you're going to be sending over to us soon. And um, they're thanking God for all kinds of things that are wonderful that are happening in their lives. And now it's time to dig the ditches. Okay. Yeah. So the kids know the situation. They understand that there's a possibility that the people won't let us off the island to go get them. But they see me acting in faith. So this is what happens. I start buying a crate. I start buying dog bones. I start buying blankets. I start buying all kinds of stuff, laying all kinds of stuff around the house. But, but what you mean, let, let's just put our listeners in context, because for us, it's very familiar when we say, I'm going to dig my ditches. But yeah. for some of our listeners might be lost. Like, what do they mean by digging ditches? They went outside and started digging? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's in relation to the story. I think it was Elisha, but I'm not certain of that. It had to do with certain kings. Anyway, they, they dug. It's in the Old Testament. And I forget the, the whole details. But they, they prayed for rain. But it wasn't just enough to say, hey, let's pray for rain. They needed the rain to fall in, in ditches. So, of course, if you expect something to happen, you're going to act accordingly. Yeah. So when you pray for something, for example, if you, you're selling your house and you expect your house will be sold in a month and you have to move out in a month, well, guess what you're going to do if you really believe that house will be sold? You're going to start packing. Mm -hmm. That's a way of digging ditches. In our particular situation, the great expectancy of getting that dog, that puppy, no matter what, 
our digging ditches was translated planning. as planning for the puppy's arrival. So buying everything that we needed for that puppy. Yeah, and that's very, very powerful because if you're serious, if you really believe, the first step when you really believe and you ask, you believe that God's promise is true, that he will answer your prayers, then you believe it as done. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. So if you truly believe it as done, how would you behave? Exactly. No matter what it is, right? How would you behave? You would actually be planning for what it is that you ask. So if, for example, if you're in, in, in need of a new house and you only have a certain amount of money and you say, look, Lord, this is what I have. I need more space and I'm asking you for this new home and, it ha and you have to be specific how much you know you can give and how much space you need and exactly what you need, where you need it. And then, for example, you would pray for this. Well, what's the next step? You have to start making your boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you, that would, that's just a simple example. Yeah, you know you're moving, right? You would do, exactly. So guess what I did? I planned already. I called the, I set the appointment for the vet. Yeah. Because, you know, the puppy needed to be seen at nine weeks. So I already set the appointment. Um, what else did I do? Bought, uh, I two bought two crates. I, I, like one, 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 one crate for the evening. Yeah, and then I bought the carrying and case and, carrying, and and I got um, leashes and yeah, I got basically everything you need as an accessory. But I also bought stuff to groom the the puppy um, because you know even then I was like you know what coronavirus or not I'm gonna try I'm gonna try grooming him. But thinking you know what I'm gonna get this puppy and if the coronavirus is still on and they won't let us groom our dogs then I can do do it myself. So I even bought that. So at this point, okay, well, let's say a good three, four weeks have passed, okay? Now we are the 16th of April, and like every day I've been listening to the, you know, the health minister, she comes on, like everybody, everywhere in every state, you know, there's a health minister that says basically what's going on, or the, you listen to Donald Trump or, you know, Trudeau if you're in Canada, and so we have our... our um, our health uh, officer talk and so I listened to her and on the 16th of April which is two days before I'm supposed to go get the dog so I'm supposed to pick up the dog on the 18th on the 16th she says there's a state of emergency we've had so and so amount of cases and we decide to shut down the island they're declaring the state of emergency so now we've gone from essential workers leaving the island to now you'll really have to prove it really is essential. You're going to need a special paper from the government proving that you can leave the island. Um, we're shutting down the airports. Nobody's allowed to come, um, you know, into Prince Edward Island. Um, only returning flights, you know, like obviously there's people that come from Florida or whatever that have to go straight to their home and then they have to quarantine themselves for 14 days. So this is a situation that I'm looking at and I'm thinking, oh boy. So this is where your faith it's and tested. the seen world looks like this is not going to happen. But in the unseen world, the way you're supposed to think is God can do all things, right? So at this point, honestly, I mean, I do have faith, but I was a little shaken. And I was like, okay, this is, this is getting harder than I thought it would be. And at this point, am I crazy to be pushing for this or... Are we still, you know, aligning with what we've been believing? Because, you know, sometimes you're, 
your brain wants to see the reality of the situation and you think you're nuts. Well, basically, I've seen many, many times when you're walking in faith, what looks nuts to people is basically sometimes what you're doing in faith. Yeah, because the exactly. people, people around you, even if you're verbal about it, and, you know, I was verbal to the breeder about it that I was coming to get the dog, and she knew the situation. Her province, Nova Scotia, yeah. was in um, lockdown, was in state of emergency too. However, she was able to get to the tip. So to her, she was able to get to the tip without leaving Nova Scotia. And I was supposed to go to Nova Scotia. Which means crossing two borders. Yeah, so I had to leave Prince Edward Island Bridge and I had to go through New Brunswick. New Brunswick had a lot of cases over there because it's a bigger province and they had um, had been stricter on the borders there. So I was told that the borders of New Brunswick were very, very difficult to get through to even make it to Nova Scotia because of their laws there, because there had been more cases. They were a lot less lenient to let anybody just pass through. And now what I'm talking about is just getting through from the bridge, staying on the highway, basically, you know, stopping on the side of the road at in Nova Scotia at the, the Welcome Center and putting the dog in my van and driving back. Okay, I'm not going to anybody's house. I'm not doing anything. I'm not supposed to. I, you know, had my gas tank full. I wasn't going to even stop for gas for nothing. Okay. So logically, you would think that they would let me leave the bridge because I'm not going in anybody's house. I'm not going to get contaminated. She's just depositing the dog at six feet distance into my truck and I'm leaving. But because it's a state of emergency and you're not an essential worker and they, they, they wouldn't judge your, your you know, um, traveling. No, I, I don't have that special paper. You, you, yeah, they wouldn't judge your traveling as anything that's essential. deemed essential. Yeah. So obviously the odds were completely stacked against you. Exactly. So, so we pray and we ask God for favor. Okay, we pray and we ask God for favor and we're asking that... God would work in favor for this situation because it's not only about the puppy, like I said, you know, puppy's great, but it's mainly, mostly about at this point for faith, for what we've been teaching to see what God can do, um, expectancy, my kids, what I've been teaching them about faith and them expecting on God. And they've, at this point, they've seen other things happen in our lives where God has answered. Clearly, yeah. You know, God has answered uh, sometimes when it was a car that broke down. Uh, you know, he, uh, we prayed and the car started, never Miraculous had problems repair. again. Miraculous car repair. Yeah, we've, we've, had, yeah. we've had wonderful things happen, okay? But even so, you know, when you're faced towards the government and what they can do, there's always that thought of, you know, what... Like at this point, I'm thinking, well, what if I'm able to leave the bridge and I can't come back home because they might say, well, you know, you left at a certain province, you got contaminated, you have to stay in a cabin somewhere 14 days before you can get back in PI or like, something, right? We, we don't know all the, all the craziness that was possible at this point Exactly on the part of the government. Exactly. So I talked to the breeder on and, the... And by, and by the way, Liz was going to go get that dog because... It was going to be her dog. This is your dog. And we had agreed upon that. And, and, and I, I, I was open to getting a dog. But we had agreed, you know what? 
this is going to be your dog and it's for the kids and because I'm not, I'm not like I love the dog. Don't get me wrong. He's super cute and you'll see it in the video too. We have a video on the same page as you're listening to the podcast. So make sure you look at that video. Um, but we had agreed that this was going to be her dog. And we had to make a good decision, a family decision, as to what kind of dog we were going to get. Because initially, you didn't want a poodle. Initially, you wanted another type of dog. But it was too fragile. What was it? The, what was the other Yeah, kind? the Bichon Maltais was too fragile. Bichon Maltais, yes. And then we we compromised on, on the miniature poodle because it was a medium-sized dog. And we had also agreed that Liz would go because we thought, you know what? If she's going to go through these um, roadblocks... I think the sweetness of a woman might be a little bit more endearing than my ugly mug. So my, the point I that was, yeah, that's what I told Liz. I said, you know what? I believe in God's favor. I believe in miracles. But you know what? I think you have maybe a slightly better chance of getting through. And the, not only that, but the, the breeder lady had said specifically that she wouldn't let the go- dog leave with anybody else because yeah, I had, be, I had, had been, been the, the one communicating, communicating and, yeah. and she felt comfortable. Uh, so there were a multitude of factors why Liz had to take the road that day. Exactly. And for those of you that don't know me, um, I've been brave many, many times in my life, <laughs> but uh, road trips is not my thing, really. Uh, I like driving, but driving alone to provinces I don't know that I've never really been in by myself was not uh something that i really felt like doing it was i'm not that adventurous <laughs> yeah thank god for gps let's just put it that way and we programmed it accordingly so i'm not that adventurous so anyway um so what's really really important in the story is on the 16th of april the same night as the state of emergency was declared i went into my bathroom i was taking out my makeup and i was talking to god and i said God, I said, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I go get this dog? Because everything at this point seems to be saying no. And I don't want to do anything that's going to go against my safety. Um, And I know this is so important for the faith of my kids at this point. This is what really matters. Don't forget my kids have been talking about this like every day for the last month. And they are so excited And even as things unfolded and there was negative feedback from the government as we were listening to these state of emergencies and all kinds of things, even my daughter that's eight years old, Marissa, she's very, very quick to understand things. And she said, oh boy, how are we going to go get the dog? And then she looked at the stuff around the house and she said, oh, but we're getting a dog because mommy bought this and mommy bought that and and look and this. And she was trying to make herself some reasoning Mm. of... You know, I'm not going to get disappointed because this is going to happen. We have everything in place. And so she's, you know, visualizing that this is going to happen even at a moment where she could have been, she was almost discouraged. And at that point, and I think it's so interesting that you bring this up. At that point, I think all of us had a, were shaken in our faith. I was shaken. Uh, I know you were shaken too. And, and obviously, even Marissa, even, even our kids. Um, so it was, and there's always, and this is what I noticed when you're you're really walking in faith. There's always a period of waiting sometimes, when the enemy can come in or just your own doubts, yeah, and they creep up so fast. And that's at that time, it's such a critical time. You cannot utter words that will destroy your previous faith. Exactly. Uh, so when when this happens, this is the testing phase. 
Yeah, that's an important part. And we'll go more into depth uh, when we're going to do the teaching on the levels of faith, uh, uh, not the levels, but the stepping stones of actionable faith. But that's one of the main components is that every time my son has a tendency to be more negative. And so he was the one verbalizing a little more negativity. And so every time he would try to say something, I would stop him right there. You're going like, eh, eh, don't you? And Shut. I would teach him and I would teach him the right way. Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, the can'ts and the don'ts and the, uh, this is not going to happen or whatever. It's, yeah. No, we don't talk like that in this house. We don't talk like that. And I would reverse it. So I would tell him what he's supposed to be saying, but in the positive way. So, um, you know, so whatever it is that he would say, and then he would like counteract it because he'd be like, well, because he's looking at the scene situation in the scene world, it looks very negative at this point. And I stop him and I say, no, we don't talk like that. We are expecting, we're expecting God to do this for us. We have asked him. And so we speak according. And the only thing I want to hear you guys say is that you're so blessed and you're so excited, We're so excited to get, to that get dog. this puppy. We can't wait to hold and, him in our And arms. I want you guys to talk about the wonderful things you're going to do with this puppy. And that's what I want you to focus on. Yeah. So that's really important, that element. So obviously here I'm, I'm giving you the examples. I'm trying to break it down, you know, with this story as a puppy. But I'm, I know that you can do the same in your life with your whatever it is that you're expecting God for favor, whatever it is you're asking God for. So you, just people in context. So you're in the bathroom, state of emergency yeah. and all that. So now you're like, so now I am say, I nuts? Is this, is this feasible? Yeah. Can, can we so pull I, this off? So I basically asked God, should I go? That's yeah. basically what I'm saying. I said, God, should I go? And he answers this so clearly, like, this is not my thought. This is really him that answers. And he says, You'll never know what I can do unless you go. Simple as that. You'll never know what I can do unless you go. And right there I was like, like I I, I was so like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like this warm feeling came in inside me and I was just like, wow, God spoke to me. This is so amazing. And so at that moment where I was really like thinking, okay, this is very discouraging. What do I do? Am I being crazy by doing this at this point? This is the 16th. On the 18th, I'm to leave. So from the 16th to the 18th, this is all I'm holding on to in my head. Yeah. This is all I'm thinking is what he said to me and what God's promises say. Because you have to read God's promises. Anything you ask in my name, you will receive. You have to read these. In you faith, have to believe yeah. them and you have to expect them. And if you don't expect it to happen, if you don't really believe in the promise, then you will just focus on everything else that you see around you and all the negative neg- negativity. I'm telling you, I was walking at Dollarama in the store. That's a dollar and, store, yeah. Okay, and that happened like on the 15th. And I hear this lady, the, the lady, the minister of health, they blasted her in the radio and it was really quiet. There's barely nobody in the store. And she starts babbling again about how she's stre- strengthening the borders and how nobody's going to be able to get off the nobody island. In and out. Right yeah. at that moment when I'm in the Dollarama. And I'm like, you know, this, this is what the devil does. The devil finds different little ways to mess to up your mind, you. yeah. to mess up your faith. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that this lady didn't do things for the safety of the province and I'm not saying you know that 
um, none of this should have happened. Um, you know, whether you believe that, you know, the restrictions are too strong or, or lenient or whatnot, uh, you know, that's up to you. But at that but, time, at that but time. But at that time, because of what I was praying for, I saw that as negative. The devil is a liar. And as and I was <laughs> mad. I got home and I said, you know what I heard at Dollarama? I was so pissed. Because I was like, out of all the times that I could, you know, because I'm like, you know, digging my ditches. I'm positive. You're, I'm at Dollarama. I'm actually to stay, buying. Trying to stay strong. I'm buying dog stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm buying accessories, different things for dog for the dog at Dollarama. And I'm thinking, wow. Like, even now, he's trying to, you know, the devil's trying to piss me off by playing this loud right at that moment when I'm there to discourage me, and I won't let him. And that that's the idea I had. I will not let him do it. And so don't forget the devil wants to kill your joy. That's his, his he wants, fun. He wants to steal your harvest. Yeah. And what I mean harvest is your, 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 the answer to your prayers. Because at the moment that you have doubt... The moment you have doubt, you let into that doubt and you say, what if I don't get the dog? What if God doesn't answer? It's all over. What if because you're not in pass? faith. You're not in faith anymore. You're not in faith anymore at that point. And that's when he steals your harvest because you lost your faith. Or you'll do something or say something acting and according to you having lost your faith. If I had started talking like, well, I don't know, kids. I don't know if I'm going to get off the bridge. I don't know, you know, if I started talking like that, there's no way I would have had this puppy. I would have broken that belief. I would have stopped that expect expectation from happening. Yeah. All right. So at this point now, we're the 18th of April. I'm leaving. I said a prayer with the kids for my safety. Um, I said goodbye to them. I. It's about a 45 minute drive uh, to make it to the bridge to get off the island. And so I'm driving, driving. I'm listening to faith teachings. I wrote um, declarations. I wrote declarations. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I wrote that on my phone. It's on my screensaver. I read it twice and I am programmed. I'm thinking, I can't wait to see what God's going to do because that's what he told me. That's what he told you. You'll me. never know what I can do unless you go. So I'm thinking, okay, it's scary, but at the same time, I'm, I have to be, you know, expecting this and it's going to be a great thing even if I'm going in the unknown. So about, I would say, 15 minutes before I get to the bridge, I get a phone call from the breeder and she tells me, there was a lady from your island, from PI, that was supposed to come and get a puppy from the same litter, from your litter. So basically the female of the, the sister of Teddy. And uh, she's from PI, and I just want to warn you that she didn't make it off the bridge. Uh, they told her that uh, she couldn't cross, that it wasn't an essential uh, travel, and they told her to turn back away. And so she, she even went to call in to this booth where they called in New Brunswick, and um, there was, they had to question if they actually did let her off the bridge, would New Brunswick actually let her through to go to Halifax to pick up the dog, even if it's just on the side of the road. Oh, that's and, 15 minutes before you get there. Yeah, and so she's done the whole process. She's called New Brunswick. They told her no. They said there's no way in they heck they're letting her pass. Turn around. Okay, so I get this phone call and I'm thinking, okay. 
So she says, I, I wanted to let you know because I don't want you to pay to get off the bridge. You have to pay $45 to get off the bridge. I don't want you to pay for nothing since uh, this lady went through the process and they told her no. They'll probably tell you no as well. So I said, this is what I answer her. I said, okay, thanks for calling me. Thanks for informing me. I said, but I said, you know, God did gave, give me the idea this morning to bring my son's medication. Um, he does have ADHD, he's hyperactive. And I said, I'm just gonna explain to them that I bought the puppy before the coronavirus, which was true, I, I put my deposit before then. And um, that I have, my son has ADHD, that I bought the dog especially for him. Um, and that I have the two medications with me with this health card if they wanna check it. And I said, I'm gonna tell them this and um i'll and that's it and then i'll let you know you know i'll let you know when they let me cross off the bridge or not or what's going to happen this is what i tell her so she's like okay so she we hang up so i get to the the bridge area and the the guy the teller there tells me i explained to him the situation he says oh there was a lady here previously and she said the same thing they they told her in new brunswick she couldn't pass so um, maybe, I don't know, maybe your story might be different. I have no clue, but he says you can go at the booth and make the phone call and ask them. Um, I don't, I just don't want you to pay for anything. So I say, okay, thank you. I go backwards. I go to another teller. They let me pass like another cop there that asks, asks you question. They tell me where to go. So I go into that special booth where they normally, um, talk to truck drivers because, at this point, there's only truck drivers leaving the island with potatoes uh, going anywhere on a Saturday. <laughs> nobody, no car, just nobody, merchandise that, nobody's that leaving the island for any other reason. There's no cars leaving. I'm the only one. And so I go into the booth and near that area, there's a big window. And I explain to him and I show him the medication and he says, I really don't think she's going to let you pass. I can call. I can ask. But... I really don't think that's going to work because a lady just came through and the same, she was told Half no. Half an hour before you. Huh? So now I've been told by three different people, actually four, that this lady in, in, or this guy in New Brunswick will not let me pass. Basically, <laughs> New Brunswick won't let me pass yeah. because of their um, strict, uh, you know, their strict rules because they've had more cases in other provinces in Canada. And meanwhile... Here at home, me and the kids are praying up a storm for continued favor on Liz's journey. So we're, we're, we're just, me and the kids, we're just like, okay, kids, uh, we need to keep praying for God's continued favor because mom is, because I was timing her, her trajectory. So I knew just about where she would be on the road. So yeah. I knew at that point she and would I be And I was calling him and I was telling him, okay, I, I'm, you know... I, Jessica just called me and she told me this and and he says what are you gonna do I said well I'm gonna go he he asked me that he says are you gonna turn back I said no I'm gonna go I said I have favor she doesn't that's what I told that's him. what she told me I remember that you have favor she doesn't <laughs> and I said <laughs> God's gonna do God's gonna do something and and I hung up with him. So he knew I was going to that bridge. And he was just waiting for the phone call for me to say I got off the bridge or not. Right? Yeah, that's what I was wanting to hear. 
yeah, and we expect it to hear I'm getting off the bridge, but you know how it is, you know, your your human mind kind oh, of plays tricks on you and you have else. to refocus and realign it with faith constantly at this point. And so I'm speaking to the guy in the glass and he's, he calls New Brunswick, he calls the person in charge over there, he explains that, you know, I purchased a dog before that was for my son that has ADHD and that I had the meds to prove it and blah, blah, blah. And so he hangs up and he says to me, he says, she's going to talk to her superior um, and she's going to get back to us. And so I wait and wait for a good 10 minutes in that kind of closed up area uh, on the other side of the glass and I'm thinking this is the longest 10 minutes I've ever waited <laughs> because now your your thoughts are rambling in your head and you you don't know what to expect and your human mind wants to say uh, she's going to come back and say no it's taking too long or you know they won't make an exception this is not a good enough reason this is not essential trial your mind wants to say that right but this is what I'm saying in or, my or head the enemy might be whispering it in your ear too. this is what I'm saying I'm looking at my phone that says no, you know, no evil will prosper against me. That that verse, I'm rereading that. I'm thinking, you'll never know what I can do unless you go. Lord, I'm here. I'm here. I'm waiting. I'm trusting you. I'm I'm expectant of her calling me back and telling me I can cross. This is what I'm thinking in my head. This is what I'm repeating. She's gonna call back. She's gonna tell me I can go. She's gonna call back. She's gonna tell me I can go. And ten minutes go by and he he talks to her he kind of mumbles on the phone he hangs up and he tells me um the person in charge said that they want to question you at the new new brunswick um border border on the other side on, of the bridge on the other side of the bridge and, and just just to put people in context because you know a lot of people around the world listening to us they, they have no idea this is not this is not an ordinary bridge it's the confederation bridge that bridges New Brunswick to Prince Edward Island, and it's 12.4 kilometers long. And you have to pay $45 to cross the bridge from Prince Edward Island to go to New Brunswick. So, so it's no small thing. It's a huge bridge. They're not going to let you cross unless yeah. you're clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, he's like, look, she's going to question. She has more questions. She wants you to, uh, this person wants you to stop there. They're going to ask you questions. And then uh, you'll see if they let you pass from New Brunswick to Nova Scotia. So at this point, I could be paying $45 for nothing because this person could tell me that I, I'm going to have to go back home. I have no clue. So I'm going by faith. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting. I'm, I'm listening to what he's saying in my head. And I'm just focused on the promise. I'm going to get my puppy. I have favor, I believe, and I'm just positive in my head. I'm on the bridge. I call the breeder and I tell her, I'm coming to get the puppy. Um, I said, are you going to be where we're supposed to meet? And she said, oh, no. She said, I didn't expect you to get off the bridge, so I never left the house. It's going to take me a good two hours to get to the our meeting point. So the breeder... Had, had no, no faith, faith at all that you would be crossing that bridge today. I mean, obviously. Yeah, so she tells me I'll be there in a good two hours. And I'm thinking, okay. I said, uh, I thought you were going to meet me. I told you I was going to, you know, I was going to. I told you I was coming. I told you I was coming. <laughs> I told you I had favor. And, and she said, and she said, 
It's a good two hours. Amherst, the point where we're supposed to meet, the beginning of Nova Scotia, the tip um, is two hours from her place. And I'm supposed to be there. I should be there in about 40 minutes from where I'm at, right? So I'm like, okay, well, get in your car, get the puppy ready, because I'm coming. At this point, I'm like, I, I didn't, you know, God didn't do all this for me not to get my dog, no right? No more dilly-dallying. You better get here. Yeah, so so she's doing everything to leave as fast as she can and everything. As she says, I'll bring the the female puppy in case you can bring her back to the island with you to the other lady, right? But then at this point, you know, let's not forget, I'm not supposed to really be in contact with six feet with other people and stuff. Like yeah. we're supposed to stay away from people and all that. So I'm thinking, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll try if I can, right? I'll see what, she's, what the person says in New Brunswick. Oh, yeah, you're not there so yet. now I get to New Brunswick and oh, by the way, yes, of course, I call my husband. I tell him I'm on the bridge. I told him every step I was taking. So he's like, okay, kids, she's on the bridge. They're all excited. And he says, I'm going to continue to pray for favor. We're expecting this puppy. I'm praying for your safety. And okay, bye-bye. So I get to New <laughs> Brunswick. <laughs> I get to New Brunswick and um, I meet with this person and um, they start questioning me about my son, about his medications. Uh, I had to show the pills, show the cards. She, that that person was Googling um, the information to confirm if the medication uh, went w exactly with what I said. Um, and I said, can you please make an exception? And I had said that to the guy at the at the that had called New Brunswick also when I was waiting through the glass, I said, is there a way for them to make an exception? And I don't know why, but that word just popped out. Like I, I was just, it just came out. And I think the wheels started turning when I said that. And you know, the whole time where that 10 minutes that seemed an eternity, I knew that God was working favor. Favor is God working in the hearts of people. You know, to to work to on your you behalf, special treatment. Yeah. to work on your behalf of the things that are not supposed to be right. And, in other and words, normally wouldn't supposed to be. So at this point, yeah. she looks at everything that she evaluates the situation. She says, so the, the, that person says, look, there's no way I'm supposed to let this go through because it's not essential travel. This is not essential travel. However, because we we can make certain exceptions i'm going to consider this as a service dog for your son because he does have a medical condition and we're going to label this dog as a service dog i'm giving you a special permission that i would normally never give to anybody else and she said this is also something that normally i don't do basically she's saying you know in 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 language that i understand the spiritual world God has touched her heart. He's, you know, worked it so that she wants to do this favor for me. And the, the, there's a proverb in the Bible that says, The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whichever way he wants. In other words, even the highest authority can have their hearts turned in favor towards you. Exactly. And so I don't even know who this person is, but basically this person is, you know, uh, very um, important in this station where I'm at and makes 
a lot of decisions and basically tells me, look, I am basically giving you a big, big favor based on what you've told me and shown me. And they, they prepared a, um, a paperwork and everything, labeling the dog as a service dog. And I said, look, I'm so, so grateful. Thank you so, so much. You have no idea how happy and, you know, how this is going to make our uh, my son so happy. And, and I said, thank you so much. And I understand completely that you did not need to do this. This was not... Uh, this doesn't fit the, you know, this really is an exception, right? Yeah. So uh, fast fast forward, I get to, um, uh, but that, oh yeah, and that person tells me, I want you to go and get the puppy. And when you are on your way back, you must come back to the station. And, and ask I want, for me. And she and, gave her her name. Yeah. And I want you to ask for me. I want to see uh, your car. I want to see you. I want to see your puppy. I want to, so basically she just wanted to make sure that, she was making the right decision that I didn't like go to another province and stay there or do something yeah. wrong or whatever, right? She wanted you to stay accountable. Yeah, basically. so she she wanted to, yeah, exactly. So at this point, I'm like, okay, well, I'm driving, driving, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got time to waste. I'm thinking I'm driving really slow, and I'm thinking, you know what? This is really um, amazing. This is really amazing, and I'm praying, like I'm praising God. I'm saying, wow, like... You care about the smallest things that we care about. It's unbelievable. And and I'm just like so amazed about this whole situation. And um, I'm on this like road that's like a main, it's kind of like a main road to go to Nova Scotia. But at the same time, there's nobody on it. It's really like you're in the woods, you're in the middle of nowhere. And I see this cop car coming in the opposite direction. And my thought is, what is a cop car doing in the middle of nowhere? Because usually cop cars are always in intersections and places where there's people, not going really slowly on a, a kind of road that's kind of secluded, right? So I thought that was just weird. And I just want to add that at this point in my journey because I'll explain to you why later. So anyway, so I keep on going and I drive and then I get to... Um, so she, th that person gives me this paper and it basically explains in New Brunswick what to do when you're supposed to quarantine yourself when you get back. Right. And so, so, so it's basically a paper that they gave even the truckers when they crossed over to New Brunswick to know what to expect once yeah. they reach New Brunswick. So it's so, not yeah. like the person's name. It's not like if there's a, a special permission written anywhere on the paper. It's just one of those papers that they give you. It's a generic thing. That shows that you've been at the border and that you're going to quarantine yourself when you get back, right? So I get to Nova Scotia. There's like nowhere else to go but in this exit where there's these cops with big trucks and these big, big, like burly guys. And so he's like, yes, ma'am, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I'm here to, and I'm telling you, this just flew out of my mind without even thinking. I just said, I'm here to get my service dog. Do you want to see the paperwork? And I have no paperwork. I only have this paper that she gave me. <laughs> this generic paper that says here's what you do in New Brunswick if you cross the border. And but but the, I'm telling you, I don't even know why I said that. It's like the, God just put the words in my mouth. It was just so bizarre. I didn't even think about it. And it's it reminded me of that verse in Scripture where Jesus says to his apostles, to his disciples, says, you know what? When you'll be brought before the authorities, don't worry about what you're going to say to defend yourself. Yeah. Because at that particular moment, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will give you the exact words that you need to say. So don't 
rehash in your mind, here's what I, I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that, because at that particular moment, here's what the Holy Ghost is going to do on your behalf. That's exactly what happened to you. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe these guys are going to like have this big questionnaire for me, start, you know, looking at my car and I, I don't know what, because I have to stay there. That's my like checkout point. And I had to call the breeder and tell her that where I was going to meet because we couldn't meet at our original spot. And I had to like waste a good hour, you know, so I was like in, <laughs> I was very visible. So I kind of like went in an area like um, there was like a picnic table just a little further away. They told me to go there. So I waited there and, and, and like they just, the guy just said, okay. He says, I trust you. He, he said has, that. Those were his words. Yeah. He says, I trust you. I said, you, you want to see the paperwork, which I, I, like I told you, I only had that paper and he saw, he kind of glanced in the car and he says, no, I trust you. And then he just says, go wait over there. So I go wait over there and I call the breeder and I said, look, I'm, I'm at this place, this spot, come and meet me here. So about an hour later, she comes out um, of, her, of her van and she, uh, we do the, the exchange. You know, she, I give her the, the balance of the money. She gives me the puppy and everything. And uh, we keep our distances and everything. So basically she just put the puppy on the ground. I took the puppy, brought him in the car. We didn't go close to each other, nothing. And she just handed me a bag with all kinds of goodies and things for the puppy. And I was super happy, very grateful. And she tells me that the puppies were hysterical, were crying the whole time, the whole drive, her whole two hours. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, that is well, so stressful. When I'm thinking, oh no, like I'm gonna be driving, I'm gonna be driving back home with a crying dog. I guess I don't, I don't know what to think, right? Meanwhile, so I grab the puppy, home praying for continuing favor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm so happy. I have my puppy, and I, I thank you so much, and everything, and and so I have no clue where to go because they've at this point, like they blocked all exits and. Like the, it, everything is, you, you can't go where you want to go, right? So I'm like, I don't even know how to get out of here. And I asked her and she says, look, I don't know by, by where they stopped you. I think you'll have to go back and ask the cops, right? So I put the, the, the puppy and I said, I have to head back to New, New Brunswick. And so, you, so the guys go, yeah, just go here, go there. I'm telling you, like everywhere I went, on my way there and on my way back, everybody told me exactly where to go. Like, I didn't even have to break my head and go, I'm going to look at this map or GPS. Like, I obviously, I put the address in my phone. But because they had rearranged some exits and stuff, everybody was always so kind to tell me where to go. They didn't question anything. They didn't ask to see the dog. They didn't ask nothing of me. They just said, you got your puppy? I said, yes. And they said, great. And I said, how do I get out of here? And he said, this is what you do. And he showed me where to go. I go on the auto route. And um, at this point, I stop at um, this place where they're stopping people in New Brunswick. And it's not the place where I was before. It's another place. I guess it was before a big intersection or something, like some, some place where people would normally turn, but I was going straight. And so I say, look, uh, she, the person starts questioning me. I said, look, I'm supposed to meet a certain person at a certain place in New Brunswick. That's where I'm headed back. Uh, they told me to do, oh yeah, yeah, you're the, the lady with the service dog. Yeah, okay. Uh, we were called about that. Yeah, go at this, uh, they let me pass. And, and it's the, like everybody knew who that person was. And, the, and that person obviously called on my, my behalf because they told me that they knew about this situation. And the puppy was crying the whole time, right? 
and the puppy wasn't crying one bit. You could have sworn there was no puppy in my car. Didn't cry, didn't whimper once in my car. Continued favor. Didn't cry at all, I'm telling you. Continued like you could have favor. you could have forgotten he was there. So I was driving, driving, so I, I, it's taking me a long time. Don't forget this lady, she doesn't know that my breeder was two hours late, yeah. right? So she's wondering what the heck happened to her. Is she coming back? Was it a lie? Uh, you know, she doesn't know what to think. So she calls me on my cell phone and I'm literally two minutes away. And I tell her, look, I said it was long because the breeder um, didn't leave when she was supposed to. Anyway, I'm going to be there in two minutes. So I get there. She questions me a little bit and I say I meet the same person that I saw before that gave me the permission to leave I said do you want to see the puppy and she and the person says yes and so she looks at the puppy and she says wow she says your son is going to be so happy what a cute puppy and I said thank you again I said I know you didn't have to do that I really really appreciate it and um that and I explained the situation and um and then she says to me she says I have a son that has ADHD and wow. I know exactly what you're going through. And wow. so God placed a person that that understood what it was like to have a son that has ADHD and has some anxiety and you know hyperactive and all that and and so she could so God worked on her heart because of that because of you know the situation and all that and so he put the right person at the right time on my path on that day for that exact passage for favor to for favor and um and so i end up going on the bridge and then you know meeting more cops there them asking me questions and they all know the situation they all know i got off the bridge because people talk and they're like wow you got your puppy how did that happen and I so said, you were the story of the day. I was the story I mean, of the day. They were going to go home that night and tell their, their family, they hey, here's what happened today. And I said, this is just so wonderful. And I said, we prayed so much. And I said, this is just wonderful. And and the guy, this older man said, you know what? He said, that was a really nice thing that they did. That was a really nice thing that they did. Because they knew the rules and everything. They knew that it wasn't essential. This is not and it, something it didn't that need, usually happens. And it didn't need to be a yes. And... Um, they understand. They understood how she classified it and how it was accepted and all that. And so they said, "Well, you know, you quarantine yourself. You know, put yourself in your house. What you're supposed to do for 14 days. You're not supposed to go out." Told me all the whole drill. What I'm supposed so to. So I did the errands for the four, following 14 days. Yeah. So he did what he had to do. We we complied to what the government, you know, explained and all that. And and so we were and and here they would call us every day and find out, you know, if we left the house, if we did anything, if we're have if we have any symptoms, you know, to make sure we're okay and all that. So we did all that so we were so blessed that you know god answered the kids were so happy they were like you know i can't even remember last time they were this happy and it's been a real blessing and it's been a blessing to show them and even for the years to come because when you when you talk about faith and favor it's good to have examples of little things that your kids can understand and you know i said this to to my husband a couple of days before the state of emergency and I said you know Sebastian if we never really put it into action in a way where it's present in our daily lives really putting that test of faith where you know sometimes you may look crazy yeah. but it needs it needs to be done because 
your kids are watching. Um, it needs to be done sometimes because it's your business, it's your livelihood. Sometimes it needs to be done because you won't eat if you don't do it. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different reasons why we need God's favor in our lives, and especially during the coronavirus and all the things that are happening now with people losing their jobs and this all this uncertainty and wondering where God is. And this is why I'm telling you, if God cares about our puppy and our kids' faith and how we've applied all of this and how God has used this, uh, and, you know, even some of you skeptical people will be like, yeah, well, you know, you had the medication with the card and your son has ADHD and then whatever. I'm telling you, the way she explained it to me is that even with that, even with knowing that she wasn't supposed to let me, let me pass yeah. because that wasn't an exception that they would that they normally significant accept. enough yeah because normally to for me to be able to have this kind of level of clearance would have been uh my kid has serious problems can't see and i need to get a service dog because i have to train this dog so that my kid can walk around the house with this dog and know where he's going kind yeah. of thing yeah. you know what i mean like i would have had to have like a better story than that and so the lord gave me that idea to say that and to bring the pills. And he said, just, I knew, like I knew this is something I had to do. Mm. I had to take the pills, take the card, bring it and say that. That's all I knew. What was going to happen after that? I didn't know. All I knew was one step, one step one at a time. Step of obedience. That's all I knew. One step at a time as I acted in faith, he led me further and further and further. And he's going to do the exact same thing with you. And all I can say is that you know, there's so many things that happen in life that we stop and we look at the scene situation. And that's why we never get farther in our faith. We just look at the obstacles. We look at everything like we're like, oh, you know, we have this moment of faith where we're like, yeah, I'm going to pray for blah, 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 blah. And then the devil comes and he gives us doubts and things happen. And we look at the situation and trust me, you're going to get some. He's going to make it known to you and you know or it gives you little ideas that are negative or maybe it's going to come through your husband or somebody else uh, you know these things happen you have to stand in your faith you have to you have to remember those promises if if you have to post them all over the house on post-its on your wall during that time that you're in expectancy of God answering that that uh, prayer with favor and just focus on what he says and not what everybody else is saying. Focus on Because his when I said, yeah. when I said, I've got favor and she doesn't. Wow. It wasn't because I wanted to be better than her. It's not because I didn't want to bring back her dog. I couldn't at that point because my dog was labeled a service dog and hers wasn't. Yeah. And also there would have been the factor that, you know, they checked my car. Yeah. I had to, you it know, be honest. Like, the person dog? would have been like, well, yeah. I let you go for this dog as a service dog. Now you're abusing or whatnot. You know, that would have been that kind of situation or the, you know, uh, they would have said, well, you can't go and bring it to somebody else because then you won't be in, in the right distance and you're not allowed to be, you know, around other people and blah, 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 especially if you've been in another province, you know, all those rules. Like, it was just a big no. It just wasn't going to happen. I felt bad that the situation was so for that person because I know that um, that person had a little girl and she was very sad that they didn't get the puppy, right? Yeah. And so it's not it's not about being better than another. It's about showing you the example of what favor when God's on your side, what that looks like versus when God's 
not there. And when you pray uh, with great faith also, yeah. the mountains, how they can move out of the and way. And yeah, and exactly. And, and, you know, we talk and that's why we're doing this course that I want you to be part of in our Facebook group. Um, be sure to go to thrivingonpurpose.com and, and get into our Facebook group. You'll see a, a widget on the side of the website for that because it's really important that you understand how to put all this faith in action, all the components of faith, how that works. Now today we talked about favor, what favor looks like. But you see all the steps that we took before that exactly. we got to that bridge point. Exactly. Favor so, doesn't just happen. You have to obey. You have to do what is required you of you. You have to show God that you're serious about your belief in his promise. Yeah. You can't just pray and be like, well, okay, God's great and he's amazing and, and the, it's just going to happen. The mailbox mentality, right? Because so he, it's going to show up in my mailbox. I just have to sit on the couch and wait. Exactly. It won't work that way. So that's why I really wanted to break this story down for you to see all the elements that went to play, our words, what we were saying, the, our actions, what we did in, in, in awaiting him. Um, you know, our, all of that is so important to all of that happening and being answered. And I promised God, I said, I know this is going to be an amazing story. And I said, I will tell the story. Amen. I will do a podcast and I will tell the, tell the story because I want you to be glorified in all things. In all things, I want you to be glorified. In the little things that happen in our lives, in the big things, I want him to get the glory. So this is what you need to focus on. And he's going to do the same for you. But like I said, you know, there's a, a side of me that took some braveness, some, yeah. you know, going the unknown, going towards what was not supposed to be, uncharted territory. Um, I knew things could go against me or that they could give me a hard time or this and that, but I was ready to go anyway and trust God blindly and say, I'm, I'm going to believe in his promise and that's all I'm going to focus on. So before we end this podcast, I want to get back to the cop car that I mentioned in the story, right? I said that I was on the middle, I was in the, the side of the road and kind of killing time and driving really, really slow, you know, to kill time because I didn't want to get to the border of Halifax too fast either. And I had two hours to kill, right? And so I noticed this slow, slow car police car passing and i'm thinking what is a police car doing in the middle of nowhere like there's you know farms around me there's no reason to have a cop here kind of you know just going slowly and it didn't look like like you never see that like honestly i've been on a lot of country roads we never see cop cars unless they're chasing somebody that left the city for some reason because usually they're always in the city so I thought that was strange. And, you know, many times God's given me some, you know, like intuitions, intuitions to different things, but I didn't know what that meant. So, you know, I'm back home with my dog and I'm so happy. And we wake up the next morning. It's Sunday morning. And I find out that um, Sunday evening, I find out that there was a shooting that there across was a, the province a, the, across the province of Nova Scotia there was a shooting I think I believe it was, it was a good 22 people that were killed uh, the biggest shooting that's ever happened I think in the Maritimes no in the history of Canada in the history of Canada wow yeah the biggest mass murderer in the history of Canada awful 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 and that happened on the Sunday in Nova Scotia I was just at the border 
you know, I just was at the entry point, if you want, and had to go through a bit to get back on, you know, and I don't know, like, where was this guy? Was he kind of looking at, you know? And, and we don't know. I mean, it could have been just a, a random cop. Like, yeah, I don't, we, we don't know. I don't know. I just but, thought but it was really fishy. It's so weird. And uh, very strange. And, you know, maybe God... And at that point, when I had seen the, the cop car pass, I was going really slow. Like, who knows what was going through that guy's head? Like, was it the, the mass murderer? Was he thinking of, you know, starting this shooting earlier? I have no clue. Or But, maybe you just had a feeling when you saw the cop car. Or maybe it was just a, a guy, a real cop. But maybe when you saw the cop car, something went in your mind. And, and you just didn't know why you felt uneasy. But maybe you sensed what was coming. I don't know. It was very strange because I saw a lot of cop cars. I saw cop trucks uh, in every um, exit. You know, I had to stop at three, three stops to go, three, uh, one, no, four stops to go back. And I saw a lot of cop cars. But that one on that road, on that, you know, in the middle of nowhere road, peculiar. just got me thinking that is really strange. And the next day I find out about the shooting and I just... Thank God, you know, for his protection, because who knows what he may have protected me from. on that day from. Maybe I crossed the shooter. I have no clue. But, you know, and, and the other thing that crossed my mind was what if that lady, because see, the initial lady that set the appointment was the lady that um, that got refused at the bridge. So the, P, the lady that left from PI said, I'm going to meet you on the 18th. And she set the appointment with the breeder. And I was told after, this is where we're meeting. This day, this time, go there, yeah. right? So I didn't even pick the day or the time. And I was, I just followed what was going on. And can you imagine if they had decided that on the Sunday? Hmm. Like none of this would have been possible if it was on the Sunday. Or maybe something would have happened to me. It would have been awful. So I, I was just... So thanking God for for my protection that he orchestrated everything to work smoothly in our favor on the Saturday. And I feel so bad, you know, for those poor people, innocent people that were killed. And, and families and all that. It's and just it was a horrible just awful, story. Awful. And uh, yeah, I, we're taking this moment to extend our condolences to everybody grieving in Nova Scotia as well. Um, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but still... It, it, It's scars awful. like that take a long time to heal so we're, we're extending our um, our prayers and and uh, hopefully God's healing on you guys um, as, yeah. as during this time and but Lizzie thank you so much for this testimony and uh, it was just and for me as a husband uh, to see Elizabeth so bold and brazen in everything that she accomplished and everything she did in, in following God's voice and following and and or faith and knowing that she was just going to get back with the puppy. I remember when you called and you said, I'm just 45 minutes away. I just crossed the bridge on the way back. I'm coming with Teddy. Wow. And I just hung up, went to tell the kids outside. They were screaming with joy. Yeah. And we were just so <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait to see her. And, and when the dog came, what a joy it was as a family to, uh, to savor this amazing victory. It's a faith victory. It's a family faith victory. The kids are going to carry this in their hearts forever. We're going to carry this in our hearts forever. And hopefully our listeners are going to be edified and encouraged in their faith by listening to this story. But uh, God's favor and your faith can make 
so much difference in your lives. That's just an example. And and make sure you go check out the video we're going to post of Teddy, uh, our beautiful miniature poodle puppy. Yeah, so we're going to have it on the show notes of this episode. So if you go on the thrivingonpurpose.com website, you'll see the podcast episode. And um, you can just click on see show notes and you'll see the video of, of our puppy and... Um, it's just a wonderful story of how God, I, I just see it as, you know, God really does care about the little things, about children, about what we teach our children, about how uh, we trust Him for the small things. And, you know, I think this is a really great example of how we can trust Him in the smaller things, and then we can trust Him for the big things. We can really have that belief. And I'm sure that there's little things that are in your life right now that you can have faith for, that you can build up your faith and ask God for favor and and work these steps in your life and see them unfold. And then it, it really does increase your faith to be more bold and to ask for more and to work alongside God, you know, in your business and everything in your ministry. Because the more you apply these principles, these different steps, the more you see things manifest. God wants to be part of your life. He wants to be part of that relationship. He wants your kids to see him active in their lives. Your kids are going to remember these stories and they're going to remember these things. And then they won't even question you know, uh, applying faith and applying this knowledge when they're adults, because this will be normal for them. So be blessed and thrive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 